Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Welcome back to The Pinball Show, the industry-leading pinball podcast for news, entertainment, and trends. This week, Dennis and I are thankful. Craig Bobby swings open saloon doors. We give you some stern pinball production updates, and we discuss stern pinball's upcoming move. Zombie Yeti making a mistake or dropping holiday nugs. Franchi Bond, a Mando topper with Mando controversy. Stumping the masses with the moistest rumors. Cactus Canyon LA shipping. JJP Toy Story accessory info. Don't go breaking Steve Ritchie's heart. A turn of events in pinball awards events, pinball market trends, and so much more. Like that upcoming turkey, we're about to stuff the shit out of episode 117. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. It's a human sign when things go wrong. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's episode 117 and I hope you're having a swell day. I know that my co-host Dennis Creasel and I are here on the pinball show. Gobble, gobble. That was such a stale opener, wasn't it? Oh, sorry, Dennis. <laughs> I, sorry, I knew it listener. was bad the moment you used the word swell. That's right. Oh, gee. Oh, gee whiz. Oh, gee whiz. Golly, gee whiz, Zach. What, a, what an interesting, exciting day. We And we have a lot of content here today. Hopefully our audio is balanced. Yeah. I, if not, <laughs> don't worry. There's a whole Pinside thread where people will go into it and a whole Discord that we have where people will be showing us videos step-by-step step, patronizing us. Uh, figure it out. How's your week been? Fine. I actually went and played pinball at a local tournament. I hadn't done that in maybe three months, Ooh. three or four. Yeah. What'd I, you do? Uh, I, um, I mean, about as I usually did. I thought maybe I'm coming in rested. I'm gonna like really crush it. I, I think I uh, ended in seventh, tied with someone for seventh place, and then we had to do a playoff because I was the cutoff to get cash, mm. and I lost my, oh. I lost my playoff. No pizza jungle, money for jungle you. queen. No, I was, I was in the lead up until the last ball, but nope. He, you know, double bonus those old Gottliebs, double bonus, and wacky jungle I, I queen practically houseballed it. Tony went though, and he got second. I saw. Damn, Tony's on fire. I know. I I didn't stay for it. He must have played that. They ended just uh, just before ten p.m. It was so it was almost five hours of tournament for so him. So you left. You're just like peace out, Tony. Yeah. No. Luck. Yeah. I, I said. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's dark. I'm not staying. Wow. <laughs> hey guys, bye. <laughs> so I mean, that's sort of how it. And we all drive our. We usually drive ourselves. Uh, anything. Anything that you played this last weekend that uh, you haven't had much time on, or anything new at that? Yeah. Location? I, I got uh, nothing that was uh, new at the location. I did get more time on Toy Story Four. They still have it there. Oh wow! Okay. And I and I drew. And wow! I was I I don't think I went to the tournament director and asked him to take it out of the tournament, but I know I ranted about how long the games were taking on it. Oh, okay, so they were uh, because it was it was often dragging. Um, and I got more time on Avengers Infinity Quest, which I don't have a ton of time on, and that was fun. Yeah. I think I, I don't know if I won those games, but I I feel I learned more. Oh, and Ray Raymond Davidson, I think he put out a baby's first oh, tutorial on Avengers. He did. 
just like his baby first tutorial on Rush, yeah. which he did after I was critical of not having enough time to watch like 12 hour tutorials. <laughs> and I think this is my read, Zach. And uh-huh. I, let, let me get your impression because, uh, you know, you with your training in psychology, much more attuned to the to how people behave than I am. Okay. My read on it, especially when I saw the baby's first tutorial was he was sort of making a dig probably at me about wanting like super short stuff. But the feedback has been so So positive. He's now basically like, I'm sure the baby's first tutorial has done way better than his other tutorials. And now there's just all this demand for baby's first. Well, especially whenever really highly competitive players that don't have a lot of time on said games, whether it's Rush or Avengers, jump in there and they're like, Hey, Ray, thanks again. I just got this game, and actually, this was a huge help to to get going. <laughs> and I was kicking myself that I had not watched Baby's First Avengers before going to the tournament. I forgot they had oh. Avengers there. Uh, otherwise, I would have. I'd, I'd, uh, so that I would, I'd have been better, I'd been better prepared. I would say from a behavioral perspective, um, mm-hmm. as I watched him explain the rules in that Baby's First tutorial of Rush, just the title alone suggests that he is assuming that doing such a video will be helpful, but it's almost as if it's tough for him to do because to him, just naturally, these are, duh, hey, idiot, easy instructions to learn, just uh, just naturally learn, and he shouldn't have to explain them. Uh, his tone during the video also suggested that with the speed and production uh, of his tone, almost as if like, let's get through this. I, I just, I want people to know how to play the mode so that they can view my other tutorials of actually learning how to play the game. So to him, I don't think this was much learning. Uh, but in retrospect, I think that his eyes were very wide open. He was probably more shocked than anyone to receive the feedback he did. And that's the feedback I gave him in our discord. I was like, probably one of the best tutorials uh, possible because I, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a nice start. And then if I like that after playing and learning those simple, you know, how to start multi-ball, how to start modes, here's a couple extra little walking dead drop target perks, then I'll dive into it uh, a little bit more. I think subconsciously he wasn't, he wasn't trying to project that way. It's just, it was oozing out of him. Uh, that was his restraint. I think. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And of course, you know, but this is the, the manifestation of, for those not familiar, baby's first is <laughs> in terms of pinball. I mean, there's lots of baby's first out there, but, but baby's first in terms of pinball has been like, sort of like a meme series. And I've shared them uh, within TPN for quite a while now. And people oh. can access those through patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers, where I drop one a month. I'm a subscriber. Uh, so, I get them. So people, so people can see, see what I mean. They're just sort of like stupid little things, but that duck is always a feature. Mm-hmm. And I've, that, duck is from some act like actual real baby's first book i took off of the internet so baby's i didn't first in, uh, I, yeah I didn't, I didn't invent the duck so anyway but now the baby's first aren't just memes they're a force of good yes and ray is kind of pigeonholed himself into it whether he likes it or not it is it has become bigger than even he nice job ray you know what else is going on is Thanksgiving this week. Oh, Thanksgiving. I was trying yeah. to think of a Thanksgiving song to open up, but I don't know if they're I don't think Mariah sings any. No, no, she she's not she's not like the the deacon of <laughs> of, of dressing. <laughs> the deacon of dressing. <laughs> I can't say that. Oh, don't you put nope. that one nope. in. Oh, Gotta cut oh. that one. Jeez, Louis. Sorry. Jeez, Louis. A little, a little ornery this morning. 
Okay. <laughs> just like, uh, we talked last episode about what we were doing for Thanksgiving. I'm going to be out of town for Thanksgiving as we were last year. So I'm looking forward to that pending passports and, and, whatnot, <laughs> yeah, well, and real hope, IDs. Let's hope you've learned how, how travel works in the world, Zach. Oh, TBA. We'll see. We will see. But uh, I did want to take some time to say thank you and maybe what, Dennis, what you're thankful for in, in our niche little hobby of pinball. For me, I'm thankful for a lot of things, including the friends I've made in pinball. There's been a lot of those. Um, I'm thankful, and I'm not afraid to say it, to the creators, those designing uh, whether it's the play field or the, the engineers and the mechs or the coders, those manufacturers in pinball, those creating the thing I love the most uh, as a shill. I'm thankful for the customers that continue to come back. Even the customers that are like, you know, pitchfork get out, you know, on other podcasts or other live streams, like, hey, let's stick it to Stern, let's stick it to JJP. And they still buy from me, so th I'm thankful for them. Uh, and I think probably mostly I'm thankful for my my group of cohort, my team members uh, in in media and in distribution. So Nicole, my wife, I'm super thankful for. Couldn't do any of this without her because she she does a lot of it. Uh, Greg Bone doing tech work and the media side. Besides Greg Bone, yourself, Dennis. The hell, yes. What the hell would I be doing uh, every other Sunday? Probably a more successful podcast. Well, if it was back on iTunes. Bullsh well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, don't you just love the tech troubles that uh, oh, podcasts have? I swear wonderful. podcasts like get the least amount of troubleshooting support versus everything else because every yeah. host, every provider I know runs into these things. It happens. Like, it happens. Jeez. But come I on, guys. I honestly do not think that there's another person that I've ever met that I've ever met, Dennis, that is a better match for a podcast than you. I, I really don't think that. Um, and I've told you that before. You roll your eyes and you're like, oh, you're full of shit. But listener, honestly, I, I don't think there is. So whether it's pinball or whether we're covering movies or whatever we covered, you'd be the person that I'd want to, to do it with. And I couldn't do it alone. So thank you. you I'm thankful you could, for you. But that's very kind of you. What are you thankful for? Nothing. <laughs> I'm thankful for all my Patreon subscribers. You're really going heavy on Patreon. We need to figure something out for the, the pinball no, show. I mean, I mean, in terms of you know keeping it focused on pinball, I I would say you for me pinball is an escape from like my normal day to day stuff. Sure. And so I like that it's weird. Hmm. I like that it's I like that it's different. I like that I can like do content creation stuff in this and try and be a little bit creative and not have to tie to anything I do professionally. And yeah. by and large, you know, the feedback that I get um, is it's interesting. And that's what I like. I like to have interesting conversations mm. and interesting discussions and pinball gives me a lot of that. And so that's what I I'm really thankful for about it. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not about wanting to hear a bunch of people agree with my opinion. It's I, but I want to have a, a meaningful discussion in in most things. And so that's what I look for in pinball, not to mention just how, you know, interesting is with all these different elements to it. You know, you got the, you got the hardcore weird collectors mm. that have to fill up their lineups with LEs. And you've got the, the scruffy co competitive people that are like trying to turn it into a sport and thinking they're track and field stars. And then you, you've got <laughs> the people that just are just like, I want to just go and drop some quarters and play. And you got people like, I just want to see how deep these rules can be. And the other people are like, Oh gosh, I just, I 
I wish they were all like EMs and they said the scores on the play field. You know, there there's is so diverse, many, yeah, there's the so much different personality pool. in it. That is and so true. I just think it's interesting how it all mingles together, but it's all unified by one thing. Mm, I like that. See, I guess you're not thankful for increasing prices. I mean, in a way it's I toppers, you know, I, that stuff isn't for me. So no, I'm not, I'm not thankful for that. Uh, I'm not thankful for gouging, but I mean, we, it's not just manufacturers either. It's secondhand market and its behavior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, figure it out, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's part and parcel with anything. We see that with all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So. I think in the next couple of weeks, maybe you and I do, uh, not a predictions, but, a, a looking forward to 2023 in which you and I will discuss what we think will be the landscape of pinball in the year 2023 coming up. I think there are some really big highlights that many of you don't know about yet, but will very shortly for 2023. And I think there are some things that will set us back as an industry in the upcoming year. So stay tuned for that. You know what else I'm thankful for? Craig Bobby. Fucking Craig Bobby. Hello and welcome back to the Pinball Show's Top Stories. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, an eventful couple of weeks in the pinball world as the holiday season approaches and pinball manufacturers continue to ramp up production to get machines and related pinball accessories out as pinheads from around the world look to gift wrap something a little sparkly with flashing lights to a loved one, or let's face it, to themselves this year once again. Speaking of production, we have news out of the Chicago Gaming Company that the company's limited edition Cactus Canyon pinball machine have begun to ship. However, not so fast, Cactus Canyon Ellie buyers, as I slap your hand off that shooter knob. I'm hearing reports that the Bally Williams license holder Planetary Pinball will be hoovering up most of those first-run LEs as they typically get first crack at any new production items coming off the CGC production line, leaving the scraps to remaining CGC distributors, meaning the wait for the average LE buyer could still be longer depending how many are coming off the line and how many Planetary Pinball takes. Say what? This could also be the reason why CGC hasn't informed their distributor network officially yet that these limited edition games have been ready for shipping. Say what? Now, of course, buyers of all the Cactus Canyon models are holding their breath, waiting for the game's expanded code to be released, not knowing how CGC will do this or how much they might in fact charge owners to download and unlock the expanded rule set. Well, some news on that front this week, as Nap Arcade is reporting that back in the 90s, the original Cactus Canyon prototype machines contained saloon doors that were designed to guard the trough at the top of the game's playfield. The game was originally coded to cause the doors to open when hit, revealing this shot. However, this feature was ultimately dropped in the original production version of Cactus Canyon, either to cut costs or in the rush to finish the game. But I'm hearing now that in fact those rumored saloon doors will in fact 100% be sold as an accessory in conjunction with the upgraded code expansion kit that the late Lyman Sheets was working on with Josh Sharp prior to Lyman's sudden passing last year. Say what? 
Stay tuned for more news on this exciting development as we work to uncover the release date and the ultimate cost of this expansion kit to Cactus Canyon buyers. Now speaking of production, Stern Pinball's Star Wars Home Pin has taken over the Stern factory these days. The Home Pin line, which is always a bigger seller around the holidays, has become an even more popular alternative to the sky-high prices of the standard commercial pro premium or limited edition versions that pack more features but come at a price tag that has become out of reach or unpalatable for many buyers that are interested in the pinball hobby. There's also news this week that Stern, the world's largest pinball manufacturer, has signed a new real estate deal which would keep the company in their current district of Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Stern's new facility will be a couple of blocks away from its existing location of 110,000 square feet and expand them to just over 160,000 square feet of pinball awesomeness, which is just under 50% larger. The facility will boast a new Stern retail store for buyers and tourists as well as give the company much needed office and manufacturing space that their current facility cannot accommodate and allow Stern to continue pumping out their popular pinball machines and accessories to clamoring pinheads all over the world. And in even more production news, Dutch Pinball has been steadily cranking out its Big Lebowski pinball machine this past year, and the company recently stated that they have hired additional assembly line employees in an effort to increase production speed of the game in 2023, meaning that all of those early buyers going back almost five years will hopefully receive their game in 2023. The continued production of Big Lebowski has become one of the good news stories for 2022, as buyers can continue to receive machines and gain confidence in the boutique pinball manufacturer's ability to deliver product to customers despite it looking very much like Dutch would go under only a couple of years ago. And lastly, a special thanks to our secret in the field news correspondent Dan Rosenstein as he confirmed sighting of the infamous Spinal Tap pinball machine at the Pinball Hall of Fame which is now located right on the main drag of Las Vegas. Unfortunately, Dan comments, I was really excited to play this game and I'm a pretty positive forgiving person however this game absolutely sucked. It felt like a poorly done game from the early 90s like a bad Data East one and I love Data East games however this was floaty with only a few shots, weak flippers and the theme integration was bland. <laughs> Well, thanks as always, Dan, for your honest and helpful comments. What a shame, as that Spinal Tap theme could have been a classic. These go to 11. Well, that's all for this week, and an early happy Thanksgiving to our friends and family living in the United States. For The Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much, Craig. That was a good submission this week. I liked it. Wow, so, he, he dropped a lot on us. Yeah, he. Uh, we'll talk about that here soon. But first, we got to jump into the king of pinball. That is Stern Pinball. Do you think they have that like patented, like Mariah wanted for Christmas? What's that? The, the being the king of pinball. I th is that official? Are they like the registered trademark king of pinball? I don't know. If I was them, I'd go. We are pinball. Is Stern still pushing that they're a lifestyle brand, or have they dropped that? Still going with it. Lingo. Okay. Still going with it. I find that I still find that weird. I. Like, you're not supreme. I like, find it less weird over time, oddly enough. Oddly enough. So much so that uh, on a recent SDTM video of the Mandalorian Topper, I had to drop a little uh, little cut sequence in there. Mm. A little high, high cinephile sequence there where I talked about 
This isn't an ordinary topper. It's a lifestyle. Interesting. Okay, I haven't seen that video because I don't normally watch topper oh, videos. No, you got to watch it. What? I watched your Halloween, the dankest and darkest of hoes. I, but I, I, I recorded it in like a 4093, 2160. My monitors 4K. don't go that high. Yeah, but it's still. Like, I'd have to watch it on my good. TV to see that. That's Sixty frames a second. You're just you're just playing with your new camera. I was actually. It was a good. It was that was the experiment. Oh, you have to you have to watch it. Stay tuned. I'll, watch th- I'll think about it. We'll talk about hashtag Progressive Gate here in a second. But I think Ooh. first people want to hear about Stern Pinball production updates. They do a little bit of. It's change. the most popular segment. Why don't you get like a can guys? Does Uh-oh. anyone have a song for production updates? Oh they can no! Right into the pinball network at gmail.com oh, no. and we carve it out as its own segment. Finally, production. It could replace market. It can replace updates. market trends. Yeah. Do you think Jason would do one for us? I don't know. I don't want to ask too much of Jason. He already gave us like a fifteen-minute <laughs> explanation on how to balance audio. Baby's first podcast balancing. No, it was too long to be a baby's first. That's fair. I don't know if I, mm, I, I have a healthy ego and sometimes I feel like the, um, the quality of our content outweighs that of any jingle that Jing- could be don't, produced. Don't, don't set it to look. All I'm right. sorry. Look, I think right, look, this is this isn't, this isn't triple need. drain, Zach, this isn't triple drain. And this isn't an eclectic gamers podcast. Either. This is the pinball show. The most successful yes. pinball podcast in the world. Yes. I'm talking a Jablonski jingle. A, oh, wow. Now you're reaching. Wow. Okay. I would consider that. <laughs> I would consider that. He has the email. He can reach out if he's interested. More Jablo here in a minute, but production update. I, I still don't think pinball market trends. It's too big, too big for a jingle. Sorry, no, not for that. I just for production updates. Okay, you can keep your your stupid screaming eagle, which everyone's <laughs> like it's too loud. It's too loud. except for the one guy who's like it's not loud enough. I had I to, want it to hurt. I had to recently talk the screaming goat off of uh off of the off of the roof. Mm. He's he's felt neglected. Yeah, all well. the screaming. He's like, now you've got the screaming eagle. Am I just chopped liver? What am I? And I said, no, basically, you'd be, yeah. you'd be nice braised with a barbecue glaze. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like to eat goat for Thanksgiving? You know, I I don't know if I've ever eaten a goat. Oh, okay. Yeah, not ever eaten one. Bond pros. I'm about to lick <laughs> on one eaten, of those. Have you eaten those? Yeah, I'm about to. Well, <laughs> nom nom. Not nom, that nom, back nom. left toy. But I'm uh, about to hopefully unbox one here soon as pros are leaving the factory this week. So go to your favorite location. And if they're smart enough to order through Flipping Out Pinball, they'll have it there ready for you. So a lot of launch parties are being set up for end of the month, beginning of December. So those James Bond 007 pros by Stern Pinball will be shipping the majority of them likely this week. Remember last week, Stern Pinball and a lot of manufacturers uh, in the coin op industry were at IAPA. So I didn't get as many communication details over this last week as we typically do. But I do know that following the Bond Pro production, we're going to start seeing these home editions to the season come out again production-wise. Star Wars, the original and the comic version. How they still have the comic version, but they don't have it for the regular promo. Pro- yeah, that's all been I so weird. Get it. I don't get I don't it. either. But those will be shipping. We saw those uh, online Friday. So we're going to have those trickle out between now and mid-December, as well as Jurassic Park home editions. And I can say that all three of these home editions, that is Jurassic Park, Star Wars original, Star Wars comic, all home editions are 
Last call. Whoa. Whoa. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. Cut the cord. Let me ask you a question. Okay. And the Star Wars ones have been around for a while, but wasn't Jurassic Park last year? Uh, Yes. Jurassic Park was was October, September-ish. Sometime in the fall. We only had one run. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you that. So it had the run, and I thought. I swear, last year I heard that it was like a good seller. So why is it getting dropped so quick? Sometimes what you're told is different than the reality. Oh, okay. We, well, I think I'm, for like, a different- I'm like this doesn't. This, I'm like okay, this doesn't. This doesn't align with uh, given that it only had one build. You know but, what? I still okay. don't know. They've not given us feedback on the. Um, the acceptability of the home editions, whether they have been a hit, whether they aren't as much work, so it's just an, a cherry on top. I don't know the success of these home editions, what they have been. I can say that I think George Gomez was a, a big proponent, supporter of the home editions, and it makes me think with these three seeing a last call, George has kind of shifted over to Insider Connected. Maybe there is you know, dwindling support for these. I don't know, but all is, I, are there, are there any other home editions besides these? No. Okay. No. Well, uh, I mean, there was the previous iteration. Right. I mean, I mean, them. on the law, I mean, still in production. No. Nope, that's so it. once these are gone, there will be no home editions. Correct. Okay. Unless, well, unless they're just cutting these so that next year they can release one. I don't know. Right. Right. Unless they've got another one in, in the works that we don't know about. You know, I don't, my this is a uh, you know, blind guess, but that's what we do here on podcasts yes. a lot of times. Blind guess. My blind guess is now that they because they jacked the home edition prices yes. up to where 5, most 000. of us remember pros being under. Mm-hmm. And so now that it's a pro priced game, I here's my thing with the home editions. Uh, and uh, you know, no no commentary about how they play or the depth of the rules or anything. The problem I feel that the home editions have had is they are just not cheap enough to really distinguish themselves on a price perspective versus a pro. I get that. And I think that's the struggle. If you could get the price down to like three thousand or less, maybe you've got something there. But if they have to keep the price this high in order to make it feel like quote unquote real pinball, then mm-hmm. it's just it's just too you're just so close to the pro price at this stage. I think a lot of people are like, it's just not worth it to take a, a game with sure, yeah. like uh early nineties depth uh and give up all of what you give up. And from a manufacturing sales standpoint, then I don't you don't want to compete against yourself either. So I right, thought right. Well, it's another skew also. Yeah. I mean, it's, it takes parts away from their other games. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I think it makes, I don't think this is a bad move. I just think it's interesting given that they really talked up, especially when JP home edition dropped, you know, how well mm-hmm. it was doing. I'm like, you've built it twice now. Well, let's, let's say, cause they were using a lot of the parts that we see on commercial uh, pinball machines for that very reason, probably because they were the same price as if they did custom parts that were, you know, less materials, less quality. So that made sense. But let's say they were able to manufacture something. I don't even know what it would look like, but something at a $2,500 or $2,999. They got to be careful not to draw too many dollars to that product and those not take advantage of their their entry-level pro edition at what will be January 1st, $69.99. Mm. They boosted those prices up to $5,000 now, and from $5,000, that gap to $69.99, it's not that much. And I feel like there's a big separation between that $2,000 just in the feel of the game. That's just my personal yeah, no, preference I, and opinion. I, I think most I think most people into pinball w- would agree. I And I, I would say a $2,000 jump is a significant jump for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But... 
But given that these home editions have always been oriented, like they've targeted a different market, right? They're not targeting people that are into pinball. They're supposed to be bought by people that kind of like pinball and would like one. Rec one. room. Rec room. Yeah. Buyers. Rec room pinball people. And yeah, I, my guess is at the price point that it is, it's just not really as successful as they've mm. suggested. And I, I think it's probably a very smart move that they're dropping it. Anyway, sorry, I, I kind of digressed no, us on the production updates, though. but I just thought it was really interesting because, I mean, clearly Jurassic Park has only been around for about a year. And yeah. to One go away on a second runs. build, it's, uh, to me, it says they're pulling the plug on this. But Yeah, and I think if they go back to this idea, if they could find something just from, if I'm in their shoes, maybe to find something that they could do in a bigger bulk and sell direct through like Amazon or Sam's Club or Walmart or something. Maybe that makes sense, but still, I don't know. I think, you know, Arcade 1-Up, people that just want to pinball fall into the Arcade 1-Up virtual pinball, and it's good enough for them. Yeah, and you see I, that, I, you know. I agree. I, it's You have to toyify it so much to yeah, make yeah. Uh, to get a price point that you would make attractive to a common uh, like everyday homeowner trying just to fill out their rec room that uh, it would be I'm not going to say almost unrecognizable but uh, you have to they'd have to really strip it really strip it more than they're more than they're wanting like they they or need to start it. yeah they need to start considering like it can't be a full size play field anymore they got to think about things like that mm. maybe even shrink the ball size and mm. And Ooh. I think they're just, I think to them, I, I think to Stern, it's just anathema to pinball. They can't go that far. Especially so. when they can't keep up with the production they have now. So. Yes. Yes. Speaking of production, December, you're going to see the Bond LEs roll out. Probably all of them in December. I would guess, mm -hmm. I'd guess early December, early to mid-December, we'll start seeing some Bond LEs. Uh, December, you're also going to see a little sprinkling of just the rest of their Turtle Pro and Premiums. I think they had some Led Zeppelin Premiums that they weren't completely uh, finished with the order. So you're going to see those to finish out the year. So that means January is when we'll see the first run of James Bond Premiums, as well okay. as that James Bond 60th Anniversary Edition that we know very little about. So little. Mm, so early January, you'll see... James Bond premiums and or the Bond 60th. I don't know which one's going to come first there. And then likely late into January, late into that month, you'll see the second run of Bond pros. Followed up in February with the Bond premium second run. I'm thinking now that they're expecting Elvira premium to also fall in February. You're going to oh. see, yeah, see that Bond premium run probably toward the end of February. And then they've, they've thrown in, thank God, a Godzilla premium run in February. <laughs> Before all of you email Zach at flippingoutpinball.com to say, oh, am I going to get the one from the We don't know. We don't know the allotments yet. All we know is that they're planning tentatively on throwing a Godzilla premium run into February. So mm. that's a crowded December, January, February. Now, have you heard anything about the Elvira premium pricing? Because I know that comes up a lot. Thank you. No, no. Still upcoming information on what the new pricing will be on that. All right. And the allotments. I don't. All right. I don't know. I, I, it's too far out to know the allotments uh, yet. Shouldn't be, but it is. No, because it's all tentative. They're not even super duper promising. <laughs> the chance of it getting bumped, who knows? Who knows? Something tells me, though, that they're not going to cut this entirely at this point. If they've bumped it twice now, they still plan on it, or else they would have just, they would have, you know. Right, right. But you know Godzilla's the priority. And as it should be. As it should be. 
Now with a with a heavy December, January, February, I can only imagine that we will not see that cornerstone release reveal of that next title by Stern in January or in February. Yeah, I think you'll see it in March. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see them maybe doing it late February for doing the actual construction in March. So yeah, that might maybe. be a possibility. Yeah. But Claire, I I feel like they're pushing that that uh, winter cornerstone out entirely, which sure. would make sense given the. I mean, this is an aggressive production schedule because you know there are a lot of Godzilla's pending, and of course mm-hmm. Bond is going to have a lot still with with <laughs> with the premiums not coming out until January. Well, and the 60th uh, anniversary. That's kind of like a, yes, a release yes. on. Of itself. Um, yeah, this is just, it's a packed schedule. So, yep. so we're going to have to, we'll have to wait, I would guess, on all of that. The bright news is that Mandalorian toppers were revealed, they were released, and the first run have shipped or are shipping, have shipped. Ah. We received our first run allotment of them. Generally, positive feedback from the community. Some gripes about little quality, you know, decals not centered and stuff like that. But Generally, people are pretty amazed by it, especially in person. It's hard to film. Uh, no timeline for the second run, though. I've been told it's coming. They've accepted my order. That was much higher than that of my uh, initial allotment. So they've accepted that order, eh, but no timeline. Same with the other toppers, accessories. Rush topper, Godzilla topper, uh, Rush freaking expression light kits. Rush accessories in general. No timeline, no update from Stern Pinball as to when we will see those. Hmm. No clue. They got a lot of, they got a lot of uh, moving parts over there. And speaking of moving, did you hear this last week? They announced uh, a real estate deal that they're moving location. Stern Pinball is moving from their, their current location. Yes. It's, uh, they've Oof. been at the current one, what, five years? Uh, yeah. I think, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, ever bit of five, man. Fuck. Yeah, about. I think it was about. Because it was a big deal. I mean, they got a lot more space when they moved, and they're going to get in a lot, lot more space now. Wow, 160-plus thousand square foot of factory space. They're going to also mm-hmm. have a Stern retail store in there, which I've been telling them is a good idea for a long time now, so that's awesome. That's uh, where we can buy our lifestyle brand swag. Yeah. That's why I told them. I've always pitched to them. I'm like, let me open a store in Chicago, Stern retail store. I'll sell toppers, accessories, and stuff like that, T-shirts, and whatever. $26 million 10-year lease. Holy cannoli. Mm. That's a whole lot of whole lot of binges. I mean, it is a lot of space. I, I get that. Just think if your rent was 2.6 a year. Yeah, I mean, but if I were selling pinball machines, maybe it'd be okay. We wonder why there's price increases. No, I don't wonder. Uh, I know. The renderings looked pretty cool of the building, uh, the retail space and stuff, so... I think they're going to be doing this in summer, fall. I, for, I forgot. I forgot mm. when they're doing this move, but yeah, I don't I know, know how uh, it's going to affect everything. Yeah. I know Ray Tanzer is going to handle the move. He did the last one. Oh, He's, okay. He was, he used to be a designer with Gottlieb mm. of hoops fame. Yeah. Um, and so he's really focused on engineering, I think in the latter portion of his career. And he oversaw the last move, which I believe was seen as having gone really smoothly. So do you think that there's going to be a big, gap there like what what's going to happen no i don't i'm not like when jersey jack moved for example i don't think it's going to be anything like that hmm. okay i worry <laughs> i like my stern stuff coming in i worry i mean it's fair to worry it's going to be disruptive in some capacity mm-hmm. of course but given they've done a, a 
a move not that long ago and it's being overseen by the same person who saw that move probably has learned what you know yeah, didn't go yeah. as well on that one i i think it will be smoother than it was even last time and i don't remember last time having a whole bunch of disruption so well I, I, word on the street is that they're going to also have a separate shop area for uh cutting printing clearing play fields hmm. Hmm. interesting i knew that they were kind of doing some of that in-house already because they have a new section in the back of the factory that i've seen a couple times but so i don't know we will have to wait and see i guess we could call yeah. uh one of the one of the leads up there at stern pinball jody dankberg maybe he would know he might and i bring that up because he and rebecca hensdale uh at expo had their drinks with rebecca and jody a segment where they bring in some of the people from stern pinball do an interview a casual kind of event i watched that briefly this last week some of the segments and i caught the one with zombie yeti jeremy packer he said and maybe this is nothing maybe i'm reaching but uh you know he said that he has worked with every design team so far at stern pinball and he just uh, you know off the cuff kind of just okay yeah, yeah i've worked but, with every team doing but we haven't work. we haven't seen at least from the designer perspective we haven't we haven't seen him uh -huh. have, a, have a game for every designer uh-huh which one's he missing uh, Brian Eddy. Yes. And I guess, I guess Jack Danger as well. Yeah. Right. He didn't do the JP home art. Yeah. So I don't know if that comment was just an error on his part or what I think it could be again, just speculation. I think it is because he is in the process, if not completing work with Brian Eddy on his next, the rumor is venom that makes total mm. sense for zombie Eddy to do That's a Marvel true. Marvel loves what he's done uh, with the Avengers property, uh, with the Deadpool property. So if there is a Venom, why in the hell wouldn't it be Zombie Yeti? And I think he was just so far in on that project, Dennis, that he didn't think anything of it and said, yeah, I've worked with every design team. And the reason that Jack Danger was left out is because technically he hasn't released like a, he, he's not a team yet. He's not, not released that cornerstone. So that was probably just an afterthought like, oh, well, until he starts, that's not really a team. So yeah, the only one left out was Brian Eddy. That's an interesting theory, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off for you. Same goes with this next one I found interesting. I, I'm I'm deep diving here. You're going all in on art. I get a little trickles here and there. I, I sniff them out. Mm. What was that? And I press the rewind. Oh, very interesting. Christopher Franchi in the news. He made a statement on social media. He was in a, a live chat kind of thing. He made a statement that I found interesting. He said regarding James Bond, they were talking about the artwork on James Bond. And damn, Franchi, we've talked about it. Franchi's artwork looks phenomenal for James Bond. What the hell happened? Franchi actually said, quote, so here's the deal. My art was used to get the license, referring to James Bond. But once they got it, they were told they could only use movie poster assets, nothing more. So Stern did the best they could, end quote. I found that interesting. It is. I mean, it would the seeing the posters. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it it would explain a lot. It would explain about why their best just wasn't very good. I'd have a hard time if I'm the rights holder to James Bond uh, to see what Stern submitted with Franchi artwork and then see the renderings of the the poster side of the cabinet and say, you know what. I think we go with the posters 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. I often wonder: does it get to that point, or do I don't like, know? We have the deal, and they say use posters, and I and, and I wonder, and I sus- yeah. and I, and I suspect Stern doesn't ever even go back and say, "Well, you know, it's going to look dumb, right?" Or just like, maybe they don't want to pay for friends to be like, "Hey, right. mock up something." Uh, just so we can show them a cabinet art instead of just a translate kind of right, thing. Right, right. I, 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 you know, so, I mean, what Franchi says here makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because Stern does a lot of right things on art a lot. So it's so, when you see something that just kind of looks like a, mm-hmm. let's just copy what someone else did and call it a day. This is the same thing we was theorized with with star wars like why is it always this shot in the millennium falcon in these positions oh look they hand drew it instead of photoshopped it but it's the same you know image and that's why people got so excited about the comic edition because at least it put a little flair to it well my here's my question though this is what's confusing to me he said quote my art was used to get the license if they were going to just do the posters they know their own ip why would they need artwork submitted that's what i don't understand and maybe this again it's a when stern wants a license they like to submit a mock-up it might not have even been a requirement of the licensor to see art mm-hmm. it's just they they turned it in as part of the package okay so that would get, that would allow franchi to say you know my art was used to get it because it was part of their their you know example that I they see. did with a mock-up okay. but they may not have been a, like a key contributor to the allocation mm, okay but, yeah i guess that makes sense so some nice if you if you guys pay close attention connect the dots follow the paths down the deepest darkest dankest moist moistest alleys the pinball light will shine bright speaking of you got to check out that straight down the middle flipping out pinball video of the Mandalorian topper because the mm, looked good. It looked really good. And I wanted to bring that up because it was like a facepalm moment where everybody on the forums that received these toppers were like, oh, this topper's badass. The only problem is I'm progressively building this Beskar and I'm supposed to have that progressive mode once I get to so many games and so much Beskar collected where I get everything all the awards from the foundry dumped on me but every time I turn off the game and turn it back on it resets to zero mm. <laughs> it's going to take a while to be progressive so so it's not really progressive you need to do it in one day <laughs> don't turn your game off so yeah progressive gate they're going to have to fix that no Play harder. Another code update, Dwight. How is that? How do, how do they miss that? I'm sorry. How did they miss that? Who knows? Who knows? Shit. The games are never off at Stern Pinball. <laughs> They're just, oh, they are running. I mean, it's at least it's a code update, right? It's not like going through four versions of Rush airbags to protect that oh. scoop. I mean, come on. We've seen bigger blunders than this. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I mean, come on. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of the this huge old airbags, the so. moistest, most succulent rumors uh, from the past. Man, I really stumped you all on that last pinball show episode when I gave that uh, titillating rumor of a possible upcoming Sam game that was being revamped. Mm. Everybody oh, yeah. swinging a miss, swinging a miss. Sorry, guys. I saw a lot of speculation. People were all over the place on it. No more hints. No more hints. I, I mean, I yeah. gave the hints. And it was blatantly obvious. It's right in front of y'all's faces and nobody paying attention. And speaking of perky rumors, 
I was listening to the Eclectic Gamers podcast. And Why? Because I always Oh, because you're a Patreon I'm member. Patreon.com slash Eclectic underscore gamers. Yeah, baby's first listen. And you had a pretty substantial rumor. I wonder if it's true about JJP and Steve Ritchie's first game being a band pen or music pen and that of Elton John. Yeah, it's a strange rumor when it came in. So, I mean, it, it took, I felt it was out of left field, but the, the rumor corner reports the rumors that flow in mm. and flowed in. <sighs> true or not true? I don't know. That's why it's called rumor corner, not truth corner. He'll sing us a song, but he's not the piano man. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. No, no, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe American Pinball will do Billy Joel. No, wait, that would be a license. They would never. Um, I laughed so, out loud last episode when I was editing and listening back, and you said, hold me closer, tiny pinball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah god forgot about that oh i was i don't know what i was editing i was listening to, oh made me laugh elton john do you think it works um i mean he's a huge musical artist so if we're thinking about like big big productions famous you know millions of albums sold sorts of stuff he's an obvious one really of, <sighs> of the list of those that have not yet had a pin and old enough at it that, like, as you could see a company like, obviously this is JJP, but any company like JJP or Stern going, you know what? The people with money know this license. So yeah, he's still built old in, enough. He's built into pinball uh, lore nostalgia like an Elvira because he and, has been featured in games before. Right. And, of course, he had that cameo in the movie Pinball Wizard. Ooh. So he's got a pinball tie. Okay. And, and he kind of was featured on the back uh, what, with the Mr. Fantastic, right? Uh, yeah. The yeah. old back glass. So he had that tie as well. And in terms of timeliness, I think he is on his final tour now. I think I heard something about that on the he's news. He's always so. on his final tour. Yeah, I wondered if he was like Kiss, where it's always like a we're always doing a final tour. Um, I don't know if that's the case with him or not, or if this is actually like, yeah, no, it's his first time he said he's doing a final tour and he's gonna. But anyway, he's doing a tour, I guess, or has finished one up, or I don't know what the. I don't follow him, so I don't. I don't. I do love a lot of Elton John songs. But you, of course, are wondering: are these good songs to play pinball to? That's what everyone will wonder (sighs) initially. I mean, I can feel the love tonight, but I don't know if I'm playing pinball with that song. Mm-hmm. You know, but that being said, you know, Guns and Roses had that. What was that super slow, long, yeah, November soft, rain? Yes, or patience. and people are like, it's, yeah. "But the light show, it's so rainy." I mean, I'll I'll still stand here, but am I still standing for that song on a pinball machine? Maybe mm-hmm. if you have a jet with Benny. <laughs> but can they even license some of this stuff? Can you use the term Yellow Brick Road? Can you use the Lion King song? I don't know. It gets tricky. I mean, maybe if you have slash call, you could get that get 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 get, 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 get slash on the uh, on the phone again uh, and uh, and see and see if he could like smooth that all over with uh, with Disney. I don't know. This guy seems to live his life like a candle in the wind. I don't know if it works, but we'll see. It's a, the, I'm telling you right now. It's not a theme. That's just like holy crap. Take my right. money. Right. Yeah. I. You know, I when I heard the rumor, I was also very, very surprised. You know, this is not this is not the sort of music I would normally associate with going in and doing a pinball for. But that being said, we are, you know, 
Asari talking about Jersey Jack Pinball. And what's the, the other rumor that we've talked about or I've talked about before in the past is that they have Godfather, which also doesn't make any sense. So, so I mean, the only thing that makes sense is JJP knows, uh, you know, ever since Style Then, we have to do licenses. They understand that. But the licenses they pick, I'm just like, I... They pick popular things, and but not necessarily the right popular things. Call me crazy, but give me an Elton John-themed pinball machine over Rush. I like his music more than I do Rush. Well, that's the thing with all music pins uh, that you can always rely on. There are going to be some hardcore fans of the artist, and also there are going to be some that are going to hate it. Because mm. because uh, music's always very polarizing. I think more polarizing than movies and TV shows. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just it's one of those things. It's interesting. I, I, were you surprised that the that the rumor also named the designer that it was Steve Ritchie, who's normally known for pretty kind of metal style. Yeah, I mean, I, he's known for ACDC. Now, granted, though, and I pointed this out on the on the rumor corner, uh, he did do Elvis for Stern, yeah, which is, you know, softer rock than ACDC. Is. I'm sorry, but there's a big gap between Elvis and Elton John. There is. There is. And I. I that's fair, but I'm just saying, like, I could Steve's imagine done softer than than like hard rock. Before. Maybe I'm wrong, but let's just say hypothetically this is true for joke's sake here for the podcast. Steve Ritchie walks away from after completing Led Zeppelin and was going to do James Bond, and he comes strutting into JJP, you know, head held high. It's my last wind here. I'm the king of pinball, baby. He's doing like the runaway train that's, coming in. That's right. Black shades, black outfit, spiked hair. He sits down in that board meeting and he says, all right, guys, what do you got for me? Top Gun? What are we doing here? And they say, we got Elton John. <laughs> I can imagine Steve Richard be like, <laughs> I can just see Steve going, fucking you joking me, do, me? You want me to do Tiny Dancer? That's right. <laughs> what? I just quit Stern, and you, I'm doing Elton John? Do I not have an option? Give me fucking Avatar they're, at this they're point. probably like, well, yeah, Steve, you could uh, you could have Godfather. We need, someone to design, we need someone to design a conference table mech. Yeah, Eric's already on Godfather. Sorry. What? I don't uh, want that either. What the hell is this? Do uh, <laughs> maybe they have the new Buzz Lightning near movie say, license? Uh, Pixar called. They they're doing a Toy Story five. Do you have any? Oh fuck! Forget <laughs> this. And then you hear a ring. It's Dave Fix. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Dave. Oh, Dave, hey there, can Steve. you? Dave, can you save me? Well, absolutely. Uh, would, would you be willing to do, to the Galactic do Galactic Guitar Hero <laughs> review? I want to do. I want to do. Uh, guitar Heroes license. I want to do Top Gun. Well, we can do an original theme. <laughs> do F thirty production. Let's do F fifteen. Yes, F fifteen Strike Eagle. <laughs> Oh, Steve uh, Ritchie. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll see if this turns out to be. I kind of hope it's true now. I really do. I can almost, you know, I can get behind Elton John just to see the face of Steve Ritchie. Be like, what the fuck is this? Oh, man. It's going to be. I just don't. I don't wow. what, what will the song? I mean, Elton's got so many songs. So many be. songs. So many songs. Will it be young Elton? Will it be late Elton? What will it be? I will give him credit, though. 
if they're picking uh, lighting experiences, music based on that, uh, Elton John is very colorful. Like you're, you will probably get some cool, cool, trippy, psychedelic. You know, he he had that psychedelic years, very hippie. Yeah. So that that'll be cool. I'm just thinking of Crocodile Rock right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'll be the toy. He can bring back the Nippet toy. <gasps> can the Croc can He'd eat like the ball. Surf and Safari. I don't know. Okay. There's some JJP news. Well, speaking of JJP, there are some more Toy Story 4 CEs that are going to be leaving the factory later this month into December. Mm. So we're going to see. I think they're going to complete, if I was to guess. I don't know if they had parts or not, but I think they'd like to complete that CE run of, of Toy Story 4. So those are coming. Remember, they jumped back to the LE there for a little bit. So, uh, Do you think they're actually going to build all of them? All the LEs? No, all the CEs. CEs, yeah, I think they will. I think they will just based on, um, because we know that they sold through. That's one thing. Let's say that dealers go back and cancel some, right? That could be a possibility. Uh, cause the game's not a huge, huge seller right now. I think you that think what the, I know I live. <laughs> just, I love how you phrased it. So let me, let me put, let me put my dentist spin on it. You think <laughs> Zach, <laughs> you think it's not maybe the, the hottest seller of but the year. What they did with Willy Wonka because we know Guns N' Roses CEs, bam, those sold out, those stayed sold out. But with Willy Wonka CEs, they did, I think they produced the rest of those, and they sat for a little bit, and dealers, you know, over time, purchased all of them, and then us dealers were wiping our chins with drool and saying, do you have more? Got any more of them? Scratching our necks. So I think they, I think they make all the CEs. The bigger question is, do they make all of the Ellie's? And that... From a business perspective, is not good for me to say, but honestly to you, I do not think they make all of the Toy Story 4 Ellie's. I do not see that. Well, other than GNR, have they ever finished an Ellie run? Because the Ellie runs are always, I hate, this is a personal thing, of course, but I hate that they call them Ellie's when they make 5,000 of them. Yeah. In practically any industry, 5,000 of something is is a, such a joke of calling something limited. Well, especially that, since they got rid of the standard model this last title. Well, yeah, and maybe they thought that that would that would drive more LE sales, but the standards have always sold terribly by their own admission. Uh, you know, J- I, Jack Guinari used to o- often joke on podcasts about how the true LE is the SE because so few are ordered that they make so few of them. Yeah, man, we didn't see a Toy Story standard, so I don't think they'll sell all the LEs. But what they will sell coming soon is a rumbling I'm hearing. that We're going to get some officially licensed Toy Story topper and inner art blades for those LEs coming late this year, early next year. Oh, you know, actually, that doesn't surprise me too much. I think I saw on Amazon as part of their Black Friday that there was a new cake topper set. I knew you'd do it. I knew you'd do it. Let them eat cake. Let these listeners eat cake, Zach. I think it's cool because anything, I'm a Disney nerd, so anything officially licensed like that to me is a big deal. And the LE people, there's there are a lot of LEs that have sold. So people want the inner art blades. They don't want the knockoff, you know, overseas woody ish art blades <laughs> they don't want they don't want the interior art blades that feature tom hanks's yeah, brother balls light year i don't want that <laughs> the avengers and when they do the when they do <laughs> oh my god mr tomato head yeah. slonky dog <laughs> slonky dog Mr. Tomato Head was solid. Mr. Yam Head. <laughs> when they 
when they did come out with the GNR, like the aftermarket topper, that was that was a good seller. And it was simple. Spoonie. I'm refuse. Spoonie. I'm refuse. <laughs> oh, man. I bet the Bo Peep. I bet the Bo Poop loops will still yeah, be hard. Poop. <laughs> oh, <man>. oh, okay. <laughs> I said, okay, no, JJP, you're doing great. Just keep, keep, keep going. I, I think that if they do come out with these accessories, you're not going to see something over the top, topper wise. Uh, it'll be like the GNR one where it's actually very affordable. You know, what were the GNR toppers like? 199 bucks, 250. It wasn't bad. I think we'll see something like that. So it, it'll be welcome. They also plan, I've heard that they're going to sell some Toy Story trans lights around that same time with focus on getting those things being better backlit for display purposes. So that'd be cool. Hmm. Okay. Anything licensed Toy Story, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nut for. So I'll be in on that stuff. This wasn't in the dankiest streets that I heard this one. I did hear they have three games in development, which makes sense to me. The rumored uh, Godfather. They got three more designers, really. Yeah. You the rumored Steve Elton Ritchie. John. Hold me closer is bullshit. And then who's the, they have a newer per, a newer designer, right? And yes. like newer to the industry. Mark. Yep. Yep. And yeah. uh, so three game. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I wouldn't be surprised if we seen the rumored Godfather release early 2023, uh, January to March. And then them trying to squeeze out something November, December. That's my guess. I mean, they've been talking for years, Zach, about when to get two games out in a year. So uh, it wouldn't. Th- this is the first I know time they I won think it. it could I, happen. I know they won. I'm not, and I'm, I'm not disputing that. As long as there's not production issues that are going to sure. stymie the effort, there's no reason from a design perspective, I would assume, that that would prohibit it. But, you know, there's a lot about JJP I've never understood. Like, uh, you know, I was listening to Pinball Party on the Pinball Network and heard from the, the Buffalo gentleman mm, that. Yeah that there's still no wizard mode in pirates. And I'm oh, like, yeah. really? I, I don't understand. Yeah. There's so, wizard mode. Yeah. It's not the, the, end the final all, wizard. Final. Mode. Yeah. Uh, we'll say I'm just stating that I think it could be too next year because of, I hate to be mean, but I'm keeping it real here. It's because of the rumored titles. I don't, you know, well, I mean, they've got that billionaire backing money, so maybe it doesn't matter, but I, these like like Top Gun. I've heard the rumor about you know Top I Gun. I don't know the original Top Gun. Top Gun or or the new Maverick. But either of those would be, I think, very very successful Dynamics. licenses. Obviously, so so it's not that everyone I've heard is a, is a poor choice. I still though when I when I heard first when I first heard Godfather as a rumor, I was like, g- g- come on. I mean, where did that come from? I know that it's a. I love the movie The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. They are they're great great film sure but it's not but it's not a pinball license you know what i watched last night for the first time i'm embarrassed to say it's been known and referred to as the greatest love film of all time any guess as to what that is uh gosh i feel like there's more than one film that's been called that so no i don't have it. not casablanca the notebook no i've never seen that nicole and i watched the notebook i've seen bits and pieces but i watched the whole thing through one of the greatest films ever. Really good. It was a, a total, just a shit fest at the end. I'm, you know, I was in pieces. 
I was throat clenched. I was Kleenexing it up. Just, just utter wonderful, beautiful movie that stuck with me. I love that film. But no, not for pinball. No, I mean to me, like choosing The Godfather, I because I can't. I don't. I've not seen The Notebook. I can't compare it to. It, so to me, it would be like choosing. It would be like choosing Citizen Kane. Fried green tomatoes. No, I I have, <laughs> I have seen that, but. Uh, but no, Citizen Kane. So legendary film, definitely worth seeing. Definitely never worthy of being a pinball machine. No, no. You know what theme I thought of the other day, and I could almost guarantee that it's available. Almost guarantee, and that is Rocky. before Sylvester Stallone will do anything and there's no other big I mean you can get Mr. T you know you can get uh, you can get Dolph Lundgren yes Carl Weathers Carl Weathers get Carl Weathers I think a Rocky pinball machine would slay and I guarantee it's available well I'm saying available for pinball maybe a company's purchased it but manufacturers if you've not gotten Rocky and you're considering things like Godfather and, and and Rush, come on. Don't you think that would do well? Yeah, I do. I think I think Rocky would do well. I mean, I've often said, like, you know, 80, if you want to mine stuff Predator, from, like, the 70s, 80s, Predator, yeah, Predator would be a good one. Obviously, I understood for a while, maybe, because of the association with Skit B, that there wasn't a design. But he was he never had any licensing Stern for it. doesn't care. So, yeah, no reason not to go in and say you want to do that. Um, you know, I always have felt Die Hard would be great. The only problem Perfect. is with, Bru- with Bruce Willis's health condition uh, and Alan Rickman having died. I that you might know, be tough. you'll need to you'll need to consider like what you want to do for callouts. But but they're not going to either one of them anyway. No, most likely they wouldn't have. So yeah. so you you get uh, you can find someone who was probably affiliated with the movie. What about Family it, Matters guy? <laughs> I thought he passed away. Oh, too. he made damn Carl. <laughs> yes, he passed away too. Damn, nobody. It's okay. Maybe, as long as maybe they have you ever played Holly Janeiro, maybe she's available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can always use it. You know, there, there, are, there, are, there are plenty of things. You can always pull stuff from clips and Bring stuff the anyway. Donald for the license sound like back. Yeah, 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 but I mean, there's just so, <laughs> so many sort of like legendary, like going and doing like a, like a gone in 60 seconds or something would make more sense. Me. Just something exciting. Me. They'll do Fast and Furious at some I point. I mean, here's part of the thing. I, I don't know. You pro- I'm assuming you probably you haven't watched Godfather director's commentary, but I have. I have not, no. Okay, so I remember listening to Francis Ford Coppola walking through that that movie and explain like there is a scene. I, have you seen The Godfather? Yes, yes. Okay, there is a scene where the Michael's sister after uh, she's getting in fights with her husband mm-hmm. all the time. You yep. know, he's slapping her around and stuff, and yep. she has this scene where she just like takes a bat and destroys yep. the kitchen. Yeah. They were worried about the studio pulling the plug when they sent advisors or, or monitors in one day. And so they had her wreck stuff because they were like, we don't have any action in this movie. You you need to do this. So there's oh, actually really? some sense of action hmm. because there's so little that's in the film. The film is a film about talking. Yeah. So it's like why Jackie Brown wouldn't be a good pinball machine. Hmm. There's because hardly anything action wise happens in it. I could see a funky and this is a Jackie it's a kinetic Brown game. It's a kinetic game. It's not meant to tell dramas and <sighs> and Godfather is not an action. It's a drama. What about Event it's Horizon? 
I mean, I like Event Horizon. Didn't Jablonski uh, do that score? <laughs> no, he did not. He did Ender's Game. But everyone who'd uh, Ender's Game would be one of the instances where everyone would be like, let's do the book, not the movie. <laughs> uh, score aside, the movie had some. Yeah, but I haven't read the book. So, but speaking hearing of from book fans, they didn't Jabber, like the Jabber uh, emailed us back. Oh, did he? Reach back out, Steve Jablonski, our friend. Friend of the mm. show, Steve Jablonski. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call this a Jablonski Responski. <laughs> wow. You think that's really clever. Well, I, was, I was sitting on that for a minute, too. <laughs> he said, he came back, he said, look, this is tough because you threw in the whole we're drowning, who are you going to save thing. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't learn how to swim. But. He said, I think I would start swimming towards Dennis first because he gave out those full-size candy bars Uh-oh, for Halloween. He that's said a, first. That's a big deal in his book, he said. But then I'd think about all of Zach's kids and about my rumored Jaws LE, and I may turn around to save Zach instead. But fortunately, I am a Michael Phelps-level swimmer, so I could easily save you both. Problem solved. Seriously, though, thank you guys for all the kind words. It means a lot. And uh, I talked about his mentor, Mr. Hans Zimmer. Worked with him many years. He attached a photo of us to see the wonderful group of stellar composers he gets to hang out with. Oh, and he said, stay away from the deep river so that he doesn't have to save either one of our asses. Wow. Thanks, Steve. I think it's Team Zach. Yeah, I I got that vibe. I think he just wanted to let me down gently, <laughs> but instead he just let me down the river. <laughs> Cold enough, your candy though, bars won't melt. Though, you know, having to access more of our listener base. Michael Phelps, if you're listening, email <laughs> the pinball network at gmail.com and say whether or not Mr. Jablonski is actually your caliber level swimmer. Because oh I'm not sure that's exactly accurate, but I'll let Michael decide. I'm going to win over Phelpsy. No, you won't. Yeah, I will, dude. I'll get stoned no. with Phelps. Are you? No, you're not going to get stoned Phelps. You know that guy just stoning eats pizza all day long. <laughs> I can get down with that. <laughs> Chicago Gaming Company, everybody wants to hear about this because that's what all the media has been talking about this week. CGC announcing that the start of shipment of Cactus Canyon remake LEs finally. Mm, when I was playing uh, tournament pinball yesterday, one of the folks there has a or had a CCR LE on order. I, I was I don't this is I was a little confused, uh, probably because going up and having to play kept interrupting the conversation. But he was he was excited to hear that it was coming out. But I think he may have backed out of his order already. Yeah, we've um, we've had a couple people that got tired of the wait <clears throat> and did. shifted uh, and shifted. Oh no! Wait, wait, I'm not. I won't name them. This is someone actually. I mentioned that they were. I wore my my black flipping out pinball shirt oh, to pinball. Thank you. Uh, it was it was total coincidence. It was what was on top in the in the shirt drawer. So, but so someone actually, I had one person say they really liked my shirt because it was so different from everything else they see. The hell's that supposed is, to mean? I don't know. I don't know. They had been drinking though, so they you okay. know they they might not. It may have meant something. It may have meant nothing. Uh, And then someone else had said, yes, they had ordered, uh, they had had the CCR LE on order with flipping out. And, but they, they begged and you allowed them to, you can cut this part if you don't want others to know that you are so kind to do this. They shifted their deposit Mm -hmm. to another potential game. um, Also with CGC, Mm -hmm. because it just been delayed so much. They were like, and they, and there was no confidence about when they would actually come out. And I remember 
I think on Eclectic Gamers, I talked about Nap Arcade had heard reports that the LEs might have gotten pushed into 2023 oh. because there was a problem, not not getting the parts, but there's a problem with the topper. Well, they didn't say the topper, said there was some problem. Mm. And now this is very good news. We've, but, and we did, we've had a couple people, so that the individual was but, correct. Yeah, the, and then this person was like, oh, if I had known, maybe I just stuck with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've already changed my mind. And I don't want to change it again. Well, impossible to change again because the exactly. reason that I allow people is somebody who's like, <laughs> to speak hey, of your mercy, Zach. I've got this this game that I've reserved with you that was grossly underpriced to begin with, and that everybody wants. Is there any way I could shift it over to something less desirable? Uh, sure, <laughs> absolutely. Mm. Hell yeah! Anybody <sighs> anybody that's paid in full on their Godzilla Premium want to buy a Mando instead? <laughs> no. Sure. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Now there are some things that we have to stay firm on, but yeah, look, some people take coins, some people give. I'm a giver. I'll give that transfer Clink. over. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, uh, I now dealers, Craig, Bobby, you heard it. Uh, dealers haven't been notified of how many we're getting in the in the first little run here. When we're get, I don't know. Typically, Rick over at PPS the was the uh, the uh, the manager of the Bally Williams license or whatever? He gets the first handful generally, and I think he waits till the end of them as well. So, uh, so they're probably all going to PPS customers. Mm. But I don't I don't know how many they're making. If they make five hundred, sure, everybody will get some. If they make twenty, then pff, probably not. Something else interesting that Craig Bobby is putting out there. That's pretty bold of Bobby, man. I like it. I like his boldness here. The saloon doors. Now, Rick on the forums, Rick at PPS, showed a picture. It looked like a mechanical picture of an old, not a blueprint, but an old something of what looked like doors. Craig Bobby did some digging and said not only was it the saloon doors, but he is hearing that you're going to get, as part of that code enhancement, it's going to be a kit. It's going to be a code Code and physical, a kit all in one, and the physical part of it is going to be upgrading to those saloon doors that were on the original prototype of that game that they cut last, you know, last minute. Oh, That's okay. awesome. Yeah. yeah, we had been hearing for a while now that the code was going to have a physical element, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, well, at least people like me, had thought that was probably like a, some sort of security chip or something for the software. Yeah. But an yeah. actual physical device, I had not thought about. That's pretty badass. So hopefully Craig Bobby's... uh his, he didn't call it rumor. He's like, no. he's claiming it here. Stuck his flag in there. Nice job, CB. And sticking your flag and stuff. Let's stick our flag into the pinball awards season. We did get an update. I listened to, did you listen to Loser Kid Pinball Podcast this last week with? Yes, I did. Yeah, with, uh, they had on, they had interviewed uh, Will Oedding, the producer of the upcoming Twibby Awards. For those of you not familiar. The Twippy Awards been going on for like six or so years. People Choice Awards for Pinball. Uh, Jeff Patterson stepped down this year. Willow Edding is taking over. Uh, but some interesting highlights that I found, uh, such as his main goal for doing the podcast with Loser Kids, he said was kind of temper expectations. Out of the gate, he wanted to say that, which kind of surprised me. Usually when you're hyping up an event and you're producing an event and trying to get it going, you want to build some, build some interest in it. But he was actually just saying, hey, you know, chill. Um, it's going to be what it's going to be. 
I just want to get on here and temper everyone's expectations. And it's usually not seen in a positive way, right, Dennis? I was very surprised at the strategy. This is a weird strategy. He went on to say that, you know, it talked about production values, not really an emphasis. Uh, they don't they don't have any intention on being the Golden Globes. Um, news alert. <laughs> Come on. It's weird to compare yourself to the Golden Globe, but to strive for it, I guess someone must have said it before or something, because he brought it up several times. And I mean, like logistically, it's not set up like the Golden Globes. Like the award process is entirely like the Golden Globes is not people's choice award. It, you know, it goes through the, the what foreign press association or something. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but, but I, I'm assuming he meant more like on the prestige level because, you know, people have really looked forward to the Twippies. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he was like, don't, treat it like it's that yeah he says it's just gonna be like a casual event and you know just celebrating pinball but not really not really putting into it what they have in years past is what i took away from it so much yes, so I that there he said there's no plan for a live stream in the event so anyone that that's not, not at tpf that's not in that room will not see it live that's kind of the big draw i would think for an award show you would want to maximize consumption uh, he said there's going to be a VOD that's going to be released later. The damn show's in the end of March already. I, yeah, I, I, and I don't, like, I didn't get a sense, and I don't want to presume too much, but, like, so a VOD, I'm assuming, so there'll be a camera in the room uh, with what, like, it's built-in little mic, and it's that's just going to be tossed up, because that was I how guess. I felt. I guess they're going to, uh, they're going to take those production transitions, because that's, that's all it is, really. It's just a couple of transition I pieces. I don't know. I I don't know how many people watch a VOD, though, um, I, honestly, once the results are able to be read. I mean, like, the whole thing with the – and this, is, again, this gets to my theory. And having worked on the pinball industry award, so everyone just bear in mind, you know, I've been involved with a different award mm-hmm. thing. And so some of this is discussions like what I've had to do in, within the hobby of pinball as well. But – the value of a live stream, whether it's a live stream or it's like released as a premiere event, you know, where you've pre-recorded, but you're actually doing it as a release, like a, like watching a TV show mm-hmm. uh, on over the air, is the idea is you get all the people in the chat together. A, a regular VOD like up on YouTube doesn't do that. It's just mm-hmm. you can go and consume it whenever you want, but it's not an event. Especially so, if it's a viewer's choice. Right, Especially. right. So, so it seemed like. Okay, yeah, they're still going to go ahead and record it in some capacity and put it out in some capacity, but the focus seems to be uh, very much that this is the thing for TPF attendees, which is a big change from how like it ending up at TPF was just a part of a way to involve a live audience. If I remember right, I was never involved in the Twippy planning, but you know, it's always about trying to maximize the pinball hobby, being able to, to witness it. Mm-hmm. And this is not in that spirit. No. Cause what is your, your maximum consumption is going to be 150 people. Maybe if you have I a mean, full room. I mean, last year they had half a full room. I mean, last year was, well, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about last year. It was just, it was really bad. So it was really bad. Some changes going on over at the Twippies. They did go over some validity to the voting methods. Uh, essentially what they do to validate these, these, uh, these votes are they check for duplicate email accounts. They check for IP addresses. I know no additional changes that he noted, uh, in specific to improving upon that no longer having a clause. This was a surprise to me last year. It was any content creator that was, you know, eligible for an award. They couldn't have their content behind 
a paywall, all their content. It had mm. to be open to the public, consumable by anyone. That's gone. There's no longer that clause. So it doesn't, doesn't matter if all of your stuff's behind a paywall or not. So that was interesting. And then the kind of the candle in the cake, man, for me was, and I'm hashtag bi, so keep that in mind, everybody. Uh, hashtag my baby still. When asked about what he is looking forward to the most for this year's Twippies, Willow Edding, the one running the whole show, said to get through it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 remember, I, I, I can't no, I remember deliver that, that without like, having some type of what the fuck. It, I, you know, I don't getting through it. I don't, I don't know what to think. I mean, my stance on this is nothing personal. You know, I don't have hashtag bias in the sense like I, well, doing Will's the, PI, the PIAs nice is different from from the Twippies. My whole issue with the Twippies is I don't like the concept of People's Choice Awards. You've I think been like that re- from day one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I and uh, you back when you were involved with the Twippies, yep. I was like that you too. Gave me and that and, feedback, and yeah. it's just and it's because I mean I think it's very telling that in all other notable industries, there's a reason why that's not the most prestigious sort of sure, award. Sure. And I've all, and that's why I thought there was a, an appetite to try and do something mm-hmm. with more qualified judging. But, yes. but saying all that aside, um, you know, I've always like liked to watch the Twippies because still it's still to celebrate pinball, so it's yeah. still you know it, it's meant to be fun. Uh, this uh, hearing the interview, honestly, I walked away from it and I was like, it sounds like they really don't want to do it, but they like feel they have to. Yeah, and, well, they were talking about why they weren't doing uh, the live ceremony. They said it was basically having production value with a live. Ser- it's just too difficult, too time consuming to also stream it live. And it is difficult. And I mean, yes. I, and I don't want to, and yes, I don't want to, it is, it's, uh, those are his complaints were very valid. But and, when that's and, done in year two, in a grand way, again, hashtag bias, I did it, but that was, that was a year two issue, not a year six issue. It can be done. Yes. You can't say that yeah, it can't be I, done. No, they don't want he didn't to say do it. it. Couldn't they did. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to deal with yes. it. And, and I think some of that's probably driven by, you, you know, and I, again, I didn't want to bring it back up, but so last year, all right. So, or this year, the one this year for last year's awards, um, you know, there was a mix of stuff. I was there in, in person and there were a lot of issues in the room that yeah. they struggled with. And then I had heard afterwards that the online individuals couldn't even hear what was being said. Mm-hmm. So they clearly struggled with both. Uh, conveying the ceremony to those at TPF and also conveying it to online. So I can see where if you're kind of like stuck with this now and you are going to move forward with, with doing them and you're like, you know what? We struggled with both of these. We need to get back to basics. I need to drop one of them. TPF is like, super enthused about having this occupy one of their, you know, a huge chunk of seminar time. So we're going to do, we're going to focus on the live. We're going to focus on the live rather than on the, on the online. Um, I mean, that seems to be the route. And, and I want to say, and full kudos to Will going out and being this transparent about it. Absolutely. Loser kid. Yep, Um, I do appreciate the the honesty. So, uh, I mean, I guess if I were him, this would not have been my strat. Like if I was sort of like stuck, you know, maybe he wasn't stuck with it, but that was just the, I mean, get my goal is to get through it. Doesn't sound like it was like a passion project. So, well, and we've, so, we've experienced uh, it too, Dennis. We, you know, oh God, what are we doing? So are we work. wanting to it's do this? So much work. You know, what's the return of investment? Is the industry embracing this? Are they appreciating this? We want that all of those. Yeah. And maybe that, I guess, you know, that's probably a good opportunity to kind of do an update on the, on the pinball industry awards. Cause yeah, even before sure. this loser kid episode came out, we were having some 
fairly heated discussions amongst the mm-hmm. committee uh, and you. Uh, you weren't on the committee for this last go, but Correct. you helped put together a ceremony. And so we have you in on the committee channel that we do on Discord. And it was just like, what are we doing? What do we want to do different? What do we – yeah, and this was before we we knew about all these shifts with the Twippies. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, you know what? And I was the same this last, you know, for year two, from year one, I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Yes. Uh, it's so, it's so much work and you don't want to ever slip and be worse than you were the prior year. That's the key. Yes. And that's the pressure uh, because you're like, I mean, it's not like it's making money. So no. it's, it's you're, you're trying to do all of this and, and, and manage criticism, you know, so, sort out the criticism that's valid versus the criticism that's just whiny mm-hmm. versus the criticism that is maybe not coming from a place about the awards at all, but is about, you know, sticking knives and things. Yeah. I, it's just, it's it gets, truly a labor of love. Yes. For yes, everyone involved on the um, Twippies, on the Pimble Industry Awards, truly a labor of love. So I guess let's do, you know, a little bit of, I did feel like, uh, the PIAs went better year two than it did year one. I think a lot of that was year one was just people are like, why are you doing this? You know, this is all, you're just trying to do something to the Twippies. Like having multiple awards doesn't harm other awards. Yeah. Like, the Oscars doesn't, doesn't choke the life out of the Golden Globes. It objectively uh, was better. Like in the first year was, in my opinion, really, really good. I went back this last week and watched just to kind of see, you know, where's my head at in this? And I was thoroughly impressed. It was just, it brought back some great memories, the the Lyman tribute, the the Hall of Fame, the uh, Lifetime Achievement, Harry Williams. It was really well done. That's why I get worried because I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, can we, can we really top that? Yeah. So, we'll uh, so anyway, I don't know. so I guess as an, as an update, we, the committee had a meeting this last week to discuss uh, whether we want to move forward and what changes we would be doing. Um, and then of course we'd learned at this point, once we had the meeting about the Twippies. So we, we, you know, we also talked about the changes that the Twippies were making and um, we don't know yet exactly what we're planning to do other than we will have an announcement soon. And assuming we move forward, there will be, there will be adjustments. I'm trying not to smile. Hey everybody. Guess what? I got, I got eagerly right next to me. I've got a sad, well, depressed a goat eagle. next to me. No. I guess That's goats always. Goats. I don't have a goat. They kind of always look. I'm a sheep. And overhead, if you just listen close enough, it will come <laughs> screaming by. <laughs> Steve. Oh, sorry, that we were doing a helicopter. <laughs> it, it's Steve Ritchie in an it's F-14 Tomcat. And he's, he's flying in loops. What in the world? He's spelling something. <laughs> and it spells. Hold me close, my tiny tomcat. <laughs> That's what it said. I left the stern to see cannolis. <laughs> it reads in smoke. There's no need for a jingle for the world's greatest pinball podcast. I mean, every pinball podcast. That's it. He, he had a lot of swirls there to make that in smoke. Yeah. And when he did it. Yeah. You had to refuel. Fly better. In air. <laughs> Turning up this week is, uh, is uh, don't believe the agenda. Don't believe the narrative. Don't believe the toxicity out there in media. Sales in general are trending up. Why would a dealer lie to you? <laughs> Even I don't believe this shit. But it is true. Objectively. I could show... I can show you the numbers. Numbers do not lie. The numbers over the last two weeks have been 
substantially increased sales-wise uh, in the pinball industry. In, in my business, we're selling more games as we are the last two weeks. I think I think it's a number of things, but we're selling more games than we are. It was stagnant there for a for a minute. I was getting worried. I was like, oh shit, shit's sitting, shit's building. Well, I can say my uh, say my warehouse is is lightening up now. So are all my anxieties about how am I going to pay for Christmas? I think the the thing is right now with the increased games moving around, people are buying pinball machines and they're buying pretty heavily. I think that's because of the, with the holidays coming up, people are splurging a little bit more. People have been waiting, you know, eh, I'll get one closer to Christmas and eh, give me a little justification. They are buying them. And I think people are trying to beat that stern price increase that's coming January 1st. So you get both of those. So I think objectively, that's why you're seeing uh, an increase. I don't know what that's going to say for January, February. I do think in 2023 might have a little bit of a down year when it comes to sales. I, I'm I'm with the whole doom and gloom gang out there that just want to shit on everything pinball. But some of the realists out there say, no, I think it's going to be a little bit, you know, it's going to be tougher with these increased prices, with the market coming down. I agree on that. But right now, games are moving very, very well. and And games that typically have been sitting a little bit. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been selling probably better than anything over the last couple weeks. They had that last run. People still want to get that. It is a family-friendly theme uh, for the holiday season. Mandalorians have been selling very well. We got a code update. We got a topper. Maybe that's justification as to why those are selling well. A really hot title as well, uh, you know, theme-wise. Rush, selling a lot of Rush pros, premiums. Toy Story, selling a handful of those too. So right now, even the titles that weren't as popular uh, are selling very well right now. And it is what it is. Numbers don't lie. Also trending up this week, shout out to Pinball Party, is Jurassic Park Premium. 10K by Christmas is for real. Mm -hmm. Poor Jason over there, so pissed off. These people are fucking crazy. Figure it out. $10,000 for Jurassic Park Premium. Guess what, bro? It is what it is. That's what they're going for. Right now, that's the little darling that everybody wants. Had that big run of Godzilla premiums to satiate some people. Still a hot title. But it's Jurassic Park premium that everybody's trying to dip their toes into. Deadpool? Everybody still wants Deadpool, but it's like, okay, we've had it for a couple years now. Jurassic Park premium. We don't know when they're building them again. Everybody wants that moving T-Rex. And they want it now. It's Jurassic Park premium right now. You're going to be paying a premium for a newer used one. Can't say the same though this week as we trend down dialed in LE. Man, we should go back. I want to document all of the games that have trended up and down over the four plus years that we've been doing this and see which one is the trendiest downest of trends. Hmm. Dialed in has to be competing. It always trends down. I'm sad. I wouldn't mind to CE myself, but dialed in LE is Probably the cheapest Jersey Jack LE that you can buy. Toy Story might be coming down, but it's nowhere near dialed in LE. Yeah. You get these things that look like they're brand new, but in low eights for an LE. Mom jeans. Mom jeans did it, I guess. I guess. Tony Pepperoni. I think you'd probably pick one up in the upper sevens. 7800 bucks. I bet you, you give me a couple weeks, I can find a damn nice dialed in LE for 7800 bucks. <sighs> may have to take a swing into CE. CEs, I just never, they never show up. Also trending down this week, uh-oh, little rant of mine. <clears throat> or some of you people out there, God bless you. Some of you are sweethearts, some of you are just ass bags. But when you make a deal on a pinball machine or a trade deal, 
don't back out of the deal. Or if you do back out of the deal, at least have some decency, some courtesy. At least exhibit some remorse because you're fucking up everything. Is that too much to ask, Dennis Creasel? Well, maybe. This, I mean, this last week. Content, I don't know if they need to grovel. Three or four. I think they do. <gasps> Once you have that yes. gentleman's handshake over the phone, that, that uh, virtual handshake, a deal's a deal. Have you ever made a deal on something that after you slept on it, you're like, really not a good deal? Or some other deal comes in that's better, and you're like, I still stick it through with the original deal. I'm a man of principle. I, I, I make a deal, I make a deal. Right? Is that too much to ask? What is happening to our society? I'm going to blame it on Gen... What, what's the new Gen thing? Gen Xers? Are they Zs? Ys? Where are we at now? That's probably Z. That's probably Zs at this point. I think it's Gen Zers. I don't know who it is, but you guys are picking up on some bad habits here that need to be need to be rectified quick or I'm going to keep training your ass down. Make three deals this week. When, when do you feel most secure about when a deal is done? When cash is on the glass? I get it. But leading up to that, if you've established terms on the deal, if you've established the address of where the, the deal is going to be done, if you've established the date and time and you put it into your iPhone calendar, it's a done deal. Only to come back the next day or hours before you're supposed to show up and say, just willy nilly too. Hey man, uh, sorry, I just want to give you a heads up. I have to back out of the deal. Peace. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah, and I get that some people have done it and they're like, dude, I'm so sorry. I just totally was short-sighted and I made a deal without thinking about it. Okay, that's an idiot move, but eh, not the end of the world. You're remorseful. But the guys that come in are like, just almost like they're chewing gum loudly. I almost hear it through text. Hmm. Yeah, um, something came up. Not feeling it. Um, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> maybe maybe you need a uh, blacklist. Maybe I have one. Okay. I just never want to really put that out there like that. But, um, the uh, the file name is called Flipping Out Pinball Shit List. <laughs> Got to open do, right now. Do you save that? Do they save that next to Flipping Out People Who Call Me After They Bought a Game From Someone Else And Want Me To Fix It For Them? I know those things too. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's my favorite. No, uh, I know those too. But no, the shit list is where you don't want to be at. It takes a lot to get off of that thing. Yeah, I'm just looking through it now. Orders game, asks, begs not to give the required deposit, and then cancels said order right before we ship. Thanks, asshole. That's that's shit list material right there. Mm. Talk me out of doing the non-refundable deposit because I'm a nice guy, and then you stiff me. Now, I'm just saying, uh, everybody, button up your deals. Button up your deals. If, if you're going to go through a deal and you've you've got the address and the date, Follow through the damn deal, even if you're on the losing end of it. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, I actually I had an instance like this with uh, with watches actually mm, really? a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, maybe three weeks ago. Yeah, no, there was a watch that I was looking at, and I was going to trade in another one. And the trade offer wasn't as high as I wanted, but it turned out it was it was it was fair. It just wasn't what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, uh, you know, we can come down on the value of the one you want to trade for, though, so mm. you don't have to make, you know, pay as much cash. And I was like, all right, uh, I want you to come down more, though. This is the amount I want. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, all right, well, I mean, I can ask, but uh, I need to know if you'll if you'll commit. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you will get it to this amount, I commit, I will make the purchase. Yeah. We'll do the trade. 
And I'd found out afterwards that I could have gotten one non-used for like 25 bucks more than what that price was. He came back. It was $100 over. And I said, look, man, I told you that we Mm -hmm. had a deal at this amount. You came in at $100 over. And he made the number. This is is Dennis. This is Dennis. Figure it out. Trend down. Made the number one salesperson mistake you can make with me, which was say, it's only $100. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? It's only $100 for you also. Exactly. It goes both ways. This now discussion's terminated. We're not going to we're not going to go further. You had the out. That's a clean out. It was. You gave yours. But I would have stuck I would have stuck with it. And then like I made a deal. It was fair. I had a slightly, you know, I found out something would have been a little bit better deal for me, but eh. Yeah, yeah, here lately. That's I've, how it works. I guess it's just because I've been listing some used games, but I've had a couple, even a couple people that will message me on Pinside or email me, hey, um, I'd be, I've got this game and this game, both in great condition. I'd trade both of these for your game if you're up for it. I come back and say, you know what? That sounds fair. Um, who's doing the driving or let's figure out the shipping. And then they come back and say, actually, no, I'm good. I changed my mind. I'm like, you're the one that pitched the deal. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not emailing you. You emailed me. I accepted, and now you're saying you don't want to do it. Like were you just testing whether they're testers? I, they're water testers. About to be waterboarded. What the hell was that? It's like a UFO was coming down. That's w- that's what in the meme world we call baby's first missing muffler. <laughs> <laughs> Those Georgia jets incoming. Yeah, I hit the mute. I hit the mute on the mic. Oh, like, I got. Like, I need to, I need to woosaw right now. I need to chill out. You need to calm down. It's Christmas Break a deal, time, spin the wheel. Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for the people even try to make sales, even though they're going to screw me later. I'm, I'm happy. I'm going on vacation. I'm eager. It's good. I need to save some people some money. I ranted long enough. Let's save you a little bit of cash in this week's Deal of the Week. Bye, bye, bye. Deal of the Week this week. Of course, sponsored by Flipping Out Pinball. I'm going to save you some money. I've lowered the price on this Batman Forever Sega. I don't know how many times. It's down to $39.99 now. Batman Forever's are expensive. This one's not in that bad a condition. Sure, it's like, you know, it's going to take some tinkering like every sacral will. But I've put 10 straight games on it. Plays good. I'm going to lower that to $3,800. Bye, bye, bye! Go on, bring some cash. Get this big, heavy mammoth. And I want to I wanna pitch this to you, Dennis. $3,800, that's, that's cheap as shit. I don't even know why it's still sitting there. It's ridiculous. I would buy... If I found a home-use-only Batman Forever, I think I'd buy it and bolt it. I'm really liking that game a lot. Have you had uh, a lot of time on Batman Forever? I've actually never played it. Oh, wow. Okay. I uh, I was talking to... Who was that? It was Captain Neo, the playfield, uh, really prolific playfield guy. Yeah, he's the guy who posts on, on Facebook every time anyone puts uh, color LEDs yes. in their games, right? And Yeah, freaks out. Yeah, so yeah. he's a stickler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even he came in and was talking up this game and, and nice LED job he actually did on my for sale ad. And we got to talking and he thinks highly of this game. And I said, I put this out there. I think Batman Forever may be a top three shooting layout design, shooting wide body of all time. Hmm. It is a real, I can't wait till you get some good time, good time on one with good flippers because it's got some yeah crazy I, I have range. I have read that that's the that's the biggest issue is yes. a lot of people experience really bad uh, mm-hmm. copies where the flippers cannot make those ramps yeah so one with real it's kind of like demo man you really want some good flippers on it but it is a damn good design damn good layout I'm trying to think who did I don't even know offhand who designed Batman Forever Let's I guess see. Borg but 
I don't think it was. I think it was a uh, an odd one. Yeah, it, Pinside said it was game designed by Joe Kamenkow and Paul Leslie. Oh. I, I'm not familiar with Paul Leslie. Paul Leslie, hmm. on uh, if you click on Paul Leslie's name, it just comes up Batman Forever. Okay, you're yeah. right. So, hmm. but... Wow, we what a what a wonderful, wonderful, smooth. Lay. It doesn't feel like a wide body. I got I got past the feeling of a wide body because it it does feel that good. Rules aren't the greatest on Batman Forever. It is very standard '90s Sega, but damn it, shoots good. Pinball Bounty, Dolly's still up there. Radical's still up there. I did pick up a Dolly Parton, but I'm still keeping it on the on the Bounty list because it was an all original. No playfield wear on an all original. How nice is that? Just still not nice enough. So I'll restore it at some point and have somebody restore it for me. But in the meantime, if one does come in, there's a couple out there. You know who you are. They come out there and uh, they're ready to sell, sell, sell. I'm ready to buy, buy, buy. Buy, buy, buy! And as always, everybody, look, I'm here just to report the facts for you people because you may screw up deals, but numbers don't lie. And neither do I. I'm a man of my word, man of principle, honor, integrity. Cue the fucking eagle. Pinball market trends. All right, Dennis, where can people catch you? You can catch me with Eclectic Gamers Podcast. And if they want to email me, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast and use the messenger tool. And I check those fairly regularly. Oh, I like it. Uh, And in the meantime, go become a Patreon for EGP. Because we don't have one here. Jump in their Discord. Nobody likes us. A lot of fun. We need to do something with Discord. You know me. I I, I just want to do I, I want to do something big. If we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it the best way possible. Straight down the middle, watch the newest Mandalorian video. You can catch me at the pinball network at gmail.com. Follow, like, and subscribe to the pinball network to straight down the middle to flipping out pinball. As a heads up, I'm going on vacation this next week, Dennis. So don't buy anything from him. No, please keep buy by buying. Um, we still have someone here that's going to be handling shipments and such. So maybe a little delay, but your boy's going to be hopefully on a beach. And as a reminder, we're going to be in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, the cool pinball show, December 2nd through the 4th. Make sure to come out, hang out as a little tease. We'll have a big booth as always. But I'm going to bring something to Cincinnati that I've never brought before, would have never thought of bringing before. Something that's new to me, but very old to you. And something you do not see at pinball shows. So to find out what that is, you've got to be at Cincinnati December 2nd through 4th. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This has gone on too long. Oh my gosh. Flipping Out Pinball Product <laughs> Showcase this week is an Insider Connected Premium LE Kits. Have you yet completed your Stern collection? Have you earned the designation of what I'm calling hashtag fully connected? Oh. Have you? You don't. I don't have, know what that. I don't know what it means. You technically are fully connected. I am. Because all eligible Stern I, games you have. I are only online. have one Spike game. Well, you're fully connected. Maybe there should be a minimum. Minimum of three. <laughs> it's like, what can we yeah. do so Dennis doesn't count? The only way you get fully connected is if you buy two more kits just as floaters for now. <laughs> floaters. have to have at least three. And- I saw the number you have on yourselves. I see why you must do this. <laughs> <laughs> Not too many. Why did you scoop them all up? About a whole pallet of those things. <laughs> just- those things go quick, man. You can't. They're like shaker motors. 
I'm like, shit, I just got 100 shaker motors in. And Nicole's like, hey, stock's getting low. I'm like, where in the hell are they going? Are their kids giving them away as presents for birthday parties? Damn. Yeah, so the Insider Connected Premium LE kits are back in stock. Hashtag fully connected. Message us at the pinball network at gmail.com or even comment on the episode title here uh, on your social media. Let us know if you're fully connected yet. James Bond 007 Pro and Premium pre-orders. Taking orders for that as well as a list for Elwin's 60th anniversary edition. Check out the ooh, the pinball vault. I got to add some more stuff because over the flipping out pinball vault, stuff's going fast, nearly gone. Sold another topper. People are wanting, oh, they're sniffing on that Beatles topper. Mandalorian Pro pre-owned we have right now. We also have the new Pro and Premiums in stock, new inbox, free shipping. All new Sterns from Flipping Out Pinball. We're so kind. And I'll even shave a little bit of money off if you want to pick it up at the terminal. How about that? Tis the season. Toy Story mm. 4 LEs in stock. We also have spots available for the CE model. I've got an Ultraman new in the box. Got a Halloween new in the box. Got an Iron Maiden Pro pre-owned. I don't know how that's still sitting there. Cactus Canyon Remake SE in stock. Taking orders for the SE Pluses. Turtles Pro and Premium still got a couple. Those, those are going quick, though. Mandalorian Pro and Premium still have a handful of those. Rush Pros no longer have any premiums, I don't think. Hot little title, and the pros are getting low on inventory. Star Wars Pro and Premium. Led Zeppelin Pro and Premium. GNR LE, both pre-owned and new. Out of the box, that Batman Forever. Uh, Dill the Week piece. Connected kits, Star Wars specialty aprons, alien pre-order, queen pre-order, thrall thrills. Oh, pre-order for your PGA, the brand new model of Golden Teeth PGA edition coming in December. Get yours now. Banners, shakers, you name it, probably have most of it. TPN last week, Pinball Party Podcast episodes 11 and 12 with Joel Engelberth and with Buffalo Pinball, respectively. It's good to hear uh, Buffalo Pinball coming and hanging out on Pinball Party. That was a that was a really entertaining podcast. Joel, yours was good too, but um, I like the I like the Buffalo Pinball guys. Mm, yeah, it was it was fun to hear from them dipping their wings into TPN territory. Love it. Their wings you get at Buffalo. Yes, I get it. Yeah, okay. Triple Drain Pinball Podcast episode twenty six, where they got rid of Travis Murray's ass and replaced him with Carl D'Angelo. I haven't heard this one oh, yet. I've oh. downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. Is this just temporary or permanent? You'll have to tune in to find out. Oh, drama. Final Round Pinball Podcast, Episode 62, Expose. And if you can't find that special character E on the keyboard, it looks like Expose. (laughs) Yes. Whichever way you want to see it. Free Play Pinball Podcast, Episode 19 with Craig, Bobby, and Amanda. They made a good duo there. Nicely Mm -hmm. done. Nicely done. They went over the expo recap. Joel Engelbert streamed some golden tea last week on TPN streaming channel. He didn't think it was allowed, and then he messaged me. I'm like, dude, I'm the wrong person to ask because I fucking own flipping out pinball. Yes, absolutely do it. He's like, okay. And uh, it was <laughs> it was fun to watch. It was actually competitive. I liked it. It was it was pretty cool to go back and watch that bond. TPN this week, we have a silver ball chronicles on the on deck, I think, don't we? I don't know if it's dropping this week or not. Oh. I believe the recording's done, but Ooh. you know, David and, and editing take a while. Oh, that is true. More pinball parties upcoming, as well as the Pinballers, one of our favorite streamers in all of pinball. They're having their 12 Strikes of Christmas tournament coming up on December 10th at noon Eastern time. Be there or be at Grinch Squared. That works. Well, wow. exponential Grinching. I love you guys. I'm thankful for you guys. And for Dennis Creasel, I'm Zach Benny. And JJP, look. We joke. We like to joke on this podcast, right? But listen to me. You have Steve Ritchie, okay? Steve Ritchie, don't don't use his talents on Elton John. I mean, it's Steve Ritchie, the king of flow. Look, 
I get it. You may have already promised Top Gun to some other designer, but at least like give him Cessna Adventures or something. <laughs> Just something. He's a peacock. You gotta <laughs> let him fly. We both are getting old. We have prostate issues. <laughs> and always practice safe pinball and shirt. You may not want to identify as pinball's golden globes, but you can never prevent me from bringing you everything that is the Academy Awards and Oscars of pinball. Eat some turkey, y'all. Cold, cold heart. Heart done by you. Something's looking better, baby. <laughs> Golden globe up? Go out. <laughs> no sacrifice.